welcome to Hispanic Genealogy Talk. My name is Cynthia Ann and I am the host. So it's good to hear um, that uh, Root, Roots Tech is uh, done now. Uh, I spent all last week looking at all of the sessions, most of the sessions, the ones that I was mostly interested in, which uh, have to do with uh, Hispanic genealogy. And I was really impressed with uh, everything, absolutely everything. They did such a wonderful job. I have to thank um, Roots Tech in conjunction with FamilySearch.org and all of the people that uh, were actually able to put this on and put it on for free. All you needed to do was have a, uh, a nice, quiet place to stream all of your content and, of course, have a great... Um, internet connection, which a lot of us have trouble with these days. And I am one that has trouble sometimes in my location. I don't always have a good connection. That also has a lot to do with my um, the podcasts. And sometimes my podcasts will sound a little, um, they break up sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't get a good reception because someone else is on the other line speaking through um, the anchor portal. And so I don't always get a great reception. So I apologize for that. But it has to do with the Internet. Of course, everything has to do with the Internet nowadays. But um, yes, uh, getting back to Roots Tech, I was really excited to be able to take the time last week and really do some deep dives into some of these excellent presentations. And of course it's over now, but um, actually what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post a link to where you can go and still see it on familysearch.org. They still have it streaming. And uh, of course, some of my favorite uh, speakers um, were, of course, uh, Moses Garza with We Are Cousins. He did an excellent presentation on colonial Mexico and finding your uh, ancestors um, in the colonial records. I found that amazing. And then, um, of course, Roberta Estes. Um, she uh, is a uh, specialist on mitochondrial DNA. And she was talking about... Uh, just basically how to interpret your DNA, your mitochondrial DNA, what mitochondrial DNA is, and um, and her uh, her DNA uh, uh, support group that she runs at uh, Family Tree DNA. Um, I happen to have gotten my mitochondrial DNA test done a few months back with uh, Family Tree DNA, and I'm so excited because I'm finding out so many awesome things and making new connections. I'm also part of her Native American uh, support group there. And um, I found her fascinating to listen to, learned a lot about that. And uh, and then I, I learned about a new um, genealogist. He's, uh, he's a Mexican genealogist from Mexico. And his name is, I hope I'm pronouncing it correct, Nefi Arinas Salazar. And I really enjoyed him quite a bit. Now, if you want to still view these um, presentations, just go to the link that I'm going to be posting on the blog and uh, you'll be able to access them. I don't know for how long, since this is the first time I'm actually um, discovering, you know, Roots Tech. I mean, really, uh, this is one of those things where you would have to go in the past to Salt Lake City, I think they've always had it there, but maybe they've had it in other places. And uh, you'd have to fly there and then pay for the 
uh, the cost of uh, all that, uh, you know, all of that entails, you know, hotel accommodations and all that. And this year they had it online for free. Um, and I just have to, I'm just so impressed. I have to thank them also very much for doing that for all of us, especially those of us who can't just pack up and go. And now within the, um, the era of COVID, we really are not able to just get up and go anywhere. Uh, we have to think hard about this. Most of the you know, the United States, if not the world, has not received their COVID vaccine yet. I'm still waiting for mine and um, my family. And so it's not something you can just, just you know, oh, okay, say so I'm going to go and do. Um, and a lot of people are actually um, going to be going in this direction for the next few years. Everything is online. So, um, I did uh, get a chance to talk to you a few episodes back about technology and how that's going to be very important for you going forward. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. I just wanted to go over my review on Roots Tech and um, how well they did. And they set it up in such a way that you didn't have to sit there and be forced to listen to things that you weren't interested. So for instance, I don't really have, you know, um, Irish roots. I don't have um, uh, German roots. And so you could just skip that and come back and go to the, the maybe for me, the Hispanic um, genealogy presentations, that those were the ones that I was most interested in. So I didn't have to sit there and listen or wait in some conference center for the next um, presentation to come up or just kind of like, you know, uh, fill in the space. I didn't have to do that. I just set it up. I put it down on my little notepad. This is what I want to know. There was a daily a roster of who was going to be speaking that day. And you could go directly to that, turn it off, come back in three hours when your next presentation was going to take place. And I loved that because we're all very busy. We all have uh, lives and families and we don't always uh, are not always able to just sit in front of a computer all day. So I loved that. I loved the way that they um, organized and categorized everything. Um, of course, it was a global event. So there was a lot of stuff happening 24 hours a day. I didn't um, feel the need to stay up till two or four in the morning, you know, um, my, uh, um, my presentations, my seminars that I wanted to watch were all um, in the daytime. So I was able to make my notes and decide which ones I wanted to see. And I found that extremely helpful and it was very well prepared, very well organized. The speakers were all very well organized. Each one of them had, I suppose, some of them were live, but maybe some of them uh, were not, and they had been pre-recorded. Whatever the case may be, they did an excellent job, and I look forward to next year. And even if they do charge, I'm not sure if they'll be offering this for free every single year, I would encourage them to continue doing that. Put it on the internet. Let those of us who can't just take off and go on a plane and go to Salt Lake City or wherever... Um, you know, uh, give us the opportunity to participate online, live as it is, save it later, um, so that we can uh, be a part of this event. It's an awesome event. They did a great job. So 
kudos to FamilySearch.org, Roots Tech, and everybody that participated in that, including my uh, very special uh, uh, speakers that um, I highly support, included um, Moses Garza and others that were participating um, and teaching us about her, our Hispanic ancestry. So um, I'm excited about that, and I hope to and look forward to it to next year because you never know. I'm planning on getting a COVID shot somewhere in the future when it's offered to me, but I don't know that even then I'd still be able to, you know, go fly off somewhere. Um, so yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I was uh, interested in uh, in the in the in the last couple of uh, podcasts that we had. It was very fascinating talking to my husband Marco Rodriguez and then uh, my other guest Mike Landa. Um, and um, I am looking for others to to bring to our platform here to Hispanic Genealogy Talk. But I also love just talking to you, just one on one between me and you. Right? It's just the two of us. And um, I love being able to share my, uh, my ideas and my thoughts and things that I've been doing during the course of the week or a couple of weeks. Um, and so I have been uh, uh, listening to this one new book that I bought recently. Um, I'm a big Audible uh, listener. I have a, a subscription to Audible. Actually, you don't need to buy that whole subscription for $15. You can get one for like seven, $7.50 or $7.00 seven something or another, $7.40 or $0.50 or $0.60. Cents. And uh, you have a huge catalog from which to uh, listen to all the different original Audible uh, podcasts that they have there or books. But there was one book that I found really fascinating and I, I wanted to... Um, to get it. So I purchased it a couple of days ago. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because they have an interesting um, take, this particular writer, his name is Colin Woodward. And I'm going to be putting a link on my blog so that you all can, maybe you might be interested in uh, purchasing it yourself about, um, about our America, about the Americas. And I'm a, I'm a avid, uh, history buff. I always have been. I digest or um, literally eat up <laughs> my books. And that's how I learn and uh, helps me make sense of my world. And this particular book um, is called American Nations, A History of the 11 Rival Regional Cultures of North America. And I found it, I'm, I'm like, a quarter of the way in, but I wanted to let you know about it because I find it very fascinating in that they talked about the Southwest and they talked about how this region and this area has always maintained its Hispanic roots. And um, he goes into the various different cultures, the language, the traditions, and why they have, um, you know, uh, in many ways kept their cultures and not uh, abandoned them or gone completely Anglo. And I found it fascinating because that is my study. That is who my people are. My people are from Sonora, um, Northern Mexico. They've been there for over 300 years and uh, possibly new connections into New Mexico now. So I'm very fascinated about it. And I found this really interesting when I started listening to it. I didn't 
really expect he would be talking about that. But his whole premise is that it's not one America, it's many nations in America, and we all bring something to the table. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And you can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. all bring our traditions, our way of thinking, our ideas, our past, our history to form what we would call the melting pot of the of the United States of America. But what I found fascinating, and I'm still interested because I'm only a third of the way in, is um, is the fact that he he literally uh, uh, ca- calls this area out and he considers it one of the nine nations of this melting pot of what we call America and the United States of America. And I find that very right on. I find it uh, hits the nail on the head, if you speak, uh, if you will um, use that metaphor um, or use uh, it, really defines who we are as Hispanics. And um, there have been and still are many Hispanic Americans that have lost their sense of of uh, what a Hispanic is. You know, they've grown up in Anglo culture. They've bro- grown up with uh, English being their first language. Maybe their, uh, their ancestors are fourth or fifth generation um, Hispanics, or maybe they find themselves that they colonize the area, like some places in New Mexico and uh, in Texas, you know, they've colonized that area from uh, the the early uh, uh, 17th century. And uh, they kept some of the traditions, but they didn't keep their Spanish language. And to them, I say, it's never too late to learn. It's never too late to learn to speak Spanish if we really want to make that connection. I was born and raised uh, with a mom and dad who spoke fluent Spanish and um, they spoke it around the house. They spoke it with their kids. Uh, I have a large family, you know, there was a total of 10 of us um, and uh, one of us has passed on now. So now there's only nine of us, but uh, the uh, the uh, older uh, brothers and sisters all spoke Spanish. We didn't um, have English in our family for a good amount of time after my mom and dad uh, were married in 1936. And uh, they were Americans. My mother and father were born in the United States. They were born in Arizona. And so uh, it's, it's not that they... Uh, that they didn't want to assimilate. It's just that it was part of their culture and they didn't want to lose it. 
they didn't want to lose it. So um, they had their Spanish and uh, they kept it. And then when they went to school, they learned their English, but they were, they were dual. They were dual um, language speakers and bilingual, if you want to call it. And they passed that tradition on to us. Um, I, I speak conversational Spanish. I understand Spa Spanish from Mexico pretty fluently. Um, there are some things in um, uh, Spanish from Spain, the Castilian Spanish and all the different Spanish uh, ways of talking in Spain that I don't always, I'm not always getting, but I'm constantly learning. I uh, watch movies and I watch uh, uh, Spanish language television so that I'm always picking it up. Um, I find that that it's important for me to be able to associate with that, to be able to claim that as part of my culture because it was, as still is. And so I'm very happy to be able to know how to read and write the Spanish. And I encourage uh, all of you Hispanic listeners, if you don't have it, learn it. It's never too late to learn uh, a language. It'll take you a little bit longer, but you'll feel really great about it. And then maybe it will encourage your um, little grandchildren to learn how to speak Spanish. Uh, it's much easier for a, a child to pick it up than for an older person, but it's never too late. So I would encourage you to begin slowly to learn how to read and write Spanish. And especially for those that are looking for their ancestors, because the further you go in your timeline, the, the more difficult is going to be when you begin to look at these documents that are all in Spanish. And they have always been in Spanish uh, for the most part because this territory was part of uh, New Spain and then Mexico later. And uh, you see a lot of Spanish uh, uh, sounding names and streets and um, in some places, still in the Southwest, there are people who speak nothing but Spanish, or at least they, you know, they want to keep that. And I don't, I don't uh, resent them. I think I understand them, that it is their language. It's their culture. It's, it's a bloodline. It's a right. And uh, as long as they know that, you know, in, in America, the dominant language is English. It is a Anglo-based culture, um, especially once you get out of the Southwest. And, um, and you really need to have the handle on both of them. And it's actually good for you to know more than one language. It really is. It's, um, I'm learning as I get older that it's good for your brain. Uh, it really helps your brain to stay healthy, making all those connections up there and um, just making your brain work hard, you know, and uh, it keeps you young. So I would encourage that. But that's what I've been up to for the last couple of weeks. Um, looking at the Roots Tech uh, presentations and then uh, listening to my book on Audible. I found that very exciting and I'm still at it too. So I'll let you know when the time comes um, what, um, what, what I thought about the book. Um, interestingly enough, the author, uh, Colin Woodward, uh, uh, had uh, mentioned in the book that um, what he considers El Norte, which is the whole uh, Southwest really, 
Uh, and I'm quoting from him uh, from the book. Uh, he says, it's the oldest of the Euro nations dating back to the late 16th century um, and composing of all the Southwest and Northwest Mexico, which was formerly New Spain. So he, he considers it one of the first Euro nations. And Euro because, um, because it's rooted in, in, in Spain, because a lot of our traditions over time, they've been diluted, but a lot of the, uh, the traditions that blended with uh, the Native Americans was from Spain. So um, it's encouraging to hear that. It's encouraging to hear people give us credit where credit is due. And um, I'm very proud of my Hispanic uh, traditions and heritage. Uh, of course, I'm very proud of my native too. Um, and uh, uh, I have, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sorry that I don't have any uh, documents, you know, to prove my, uh, my native heritage in terms of uh, finding a specific tribe. But uh, recently in my uh, mitochondrial DNA test, I, uh, family tree DNA actually helped me to uh, determine that my native uh, ancestry is actually uh, more uh, Northern uh, Native American um, as opposed to Mesoamerican. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that's helping me to relate a little bit more to the continent, to, um, to the American continent, the Northern, Northern part of it. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about this book. I'll go ahead and post it for you and then you can go ahead and take a look at it. And if you're interested, you could pick it up yourself. Um, so what we're going to be doing going forward is discussing a little bit more about technology and how that can help you to, uh, have a little bit of, bit of a better experience when it comes to doing your, uh, doing your searches and uh, making sure that you're up to date, um, we talked a little bit of a while back ago about making sure that your technology is up to date in terms of, of, uh, being able to access the, uh, 5G, although 4G is still around and will be for a foreseeable future. Um, I think it'll always be there. Uh, but, uh, I, have noticed that since I got my new, uh, uh, iPad and my new, um, laptop, which is a uh, PC, that I'm able to do way more and I'm a little bit more productive uh, because of the new technology. Another thing I, I actually um, neglected for a long time was uh, updating, updating a lot of my apps, updating just everything, right? Microsoft is always constantly sending me little messages about updating my technology. And, and in the past, I've always just ignored it. Oh, I don't want to update. Maybe it'll change something. Maybe it'll, you know, reformat, and then I'll have to learn all over again how to use it. But from what I'm understanding is that it won't do anything bad to you if your technology is up to date. So if you have a very old laptop or iPad or even phone, for instance, if you update um, and it's asking you to update to the latest, uh, you know, operating system for Apple, then uh, the, the old phone will just like go into conniptions, you know, it won't know what to do and won't update and you'll continue to have those problems. Um, but if it's up, if it's the latest technology, updating is a breeze. 
and it's actually safer for you to update because uh, uh, inside of a lot of those updating, um, uh, those moments when they update, it will uh, it's adding new technology or sending information or updating your apps. And it's allowing uh, for you to have a safer experience online, which we all know can be very dangerous sometimes, you know, when you're just out in the open like that. So, um, so yeah, I was able to, to update all my stuff. I just updated the other day again, and, uh, I'm really good to go. It's a, it's a great, um, it's a great, uh, uh, way to, uh, keep yourself from, uh, not stopping the work that you're doing, the important work of looking for your ancestors and uh, really just giving yourself an opportunity to uh, not worry about any of this stuff because we have enough stress in life, right? So I just wanted to um, remind you that regarding technology, updating is really important and uh, should probably be done as soon as your computer tells you to. <laughs> okay, well, I think... Um, I'm going to be working in the background for uh, possibly another um, another interview, and I'll let you know when that time comes in. So in the meantime, I just wanted to share my thoughts with you and let you know that I'm still here working in the background, bringing you um, books to read and new ideas and new ways to think about yourself and your culture and your, the uh, history that you belong to, and also to remind you to be proud of where you come from. It's an awesome, awesome um, connection we all share. And whether you come from uh, the Southwest and you've all been there for hundreds of years or Maybe you're a new uh, generation, a uh, new Hispanic generation here in the United States. Either way, we all do share very much in common um, a lot of our tra traditions. And one of the things that I want to focus on going forward, maybe the next podcast will be this idea of traditions and culture and how they help us to bond and stay connected, even when um, we found ourselves uh, facing another culture that was very different than ours. But we stayed connected and close to what, uh, what our ancestors left us behind. That's what really this is all about, because it's not about race but it's about the culture. It's about what has been passed down to us. It's about the traditions. Um, I'm, uh, I have shared with you that I am writing a book and in part of that book is, is the memory of the traditions that I grew up with. And um, surely they're going to be influenced by, um, you know, the non-Hispanic cultures of your neighborhood, because that will influence us as well. 
But deep down at the root of who we are, there's always going to be those connections that will take us back to our Hispanic heritage. And so maybe on the next podcast, I'll discuss that. And um, I'll give you another update regarding um, this book, American Nations, which I'm in the middle of listening to. And, um, and so I'll wait to talk to you about all of that on the next episode of Hispanic Genealogy Talk.